0: Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Somewhere in my childhood, when I was pretty young, my mom started reading the Bible to us every morning before school. She would bring in our cereal. She would put our socks on. And she would read us the Bible. And that's the recipe for raising great men of God, for those of you. Put socks on your kids, read them the Bible, and give them breakfast. But um, uh, these stories, especially Joshua, I mean, it's, it's, it's formed how I approach life and how we live life and the things that we do. Uh, uh, don't think that uh, because we have the New Testament that the Old Testament isn't incredibly powerful. I think I draw uh, uh, so much uh, uh, from the Old Testament because of the, the the fight and the warring and all of those things that we see today. Um, and so read these stories to your children. Read them to yourself. There's, this uh, It's amazing. And uh, anyway, I'm very grateful um, that Pastor Arthur let me uh, talk about uh, Jericho, uh, which is... It's just fantastic, but I, I want to tell you right now, I'm not even going to get remotely to touch on all that we can draw out of this. This almost needs to be a three-part series, just the stuff about Jericho, and the sermon is going to take a bit of a, a left turn uh, uh, from, from where we start, because I, I think this is what the Lord wants us to hear today. Um, I'm going to preach in Aspen in, in November. And I said to the pastor, what would you like me to preach? And he said, well, you know, just bring your usual heresy. And uh, anyway, today, if ever I was going to preach heresy, today's the day. But I feel comfortable because we got Pastor Arthur and Bubba here who can fix it next week. But uh, we, we are going to tread into some, some water here that I think is important at least to wrestle with. Even if I'm wrong in what I'm telling you today, it's worth the wrestle to know where you're going to stand and where you're going to land on on an ever-changing landscape in life, right? Tomorrow we wake up and we're facing something completely different that nobody could have prepared us for. You used to, like, grandparents used to be able to tell, like, oh, yes, this is how you handle the situation. We now live in a world where nobody can tell us anything. We have to trust the Lord because it's, what a crazy landscape we're living in. But yet there is a way to still fully follow Scripture and be who God has called us to be, um, which, is, which, is, which is wonderful. So God's way, we're talking about God's way, and I thought it was... Uh, uh, just perfect timing. I don't know how many of you read Michael Brewster's post on loop, but uh, when he posted that, I was like, man, that dude's stealing my sermon. <laughs> but it's just confirmation, and well done, you know, they, they, they did. They wrestled through that, they prayed through that, and, uh, and, and God is glorified uh, um, with that. So let's, let's start off uh, where we are, and then we're going to go back, and I'm going to uh, touch on What Bible was talking about last week. Are you ready? Joshua 6 verse 1 to 5. Here we go. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut up because of the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Amazing. Now I've heard, you know, different sermons on this and some have said that when they shouted, it hit a certain octave that caused like a little earthquake and the walls came in. Maybe, we don't know. But that's irrelevant. What is relevant is that God gave an instruction and exactly what he said would happen, happened. And so we're talking about God's way. And the, sometimes the smarter we get the worse our faith becomes. Like it's harder for doctors to trust God for healing because they know all the things where somebody who doesn't know anything can just trust God because they don't realize that this is a bacterial or a virus and it's affecting the nervous system and all of this. Sometimes more knowledge is not helpful. Sometimes it's better not to know that uh, uh, this is impossible to happen, that you can, and the walls just fall down. But we're talking about God's way. Now, let's just go back. Who here actually believes that God spoke the world into existence? Like for real? Okay. If we can hold on to that truth, that God formed the earth and formed everything on it just by speaking a word, then it's very easy to have the faith of the centurion who said, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. You see, if we, if we truly believe that, but the more we're like, oh, no, you know, it's the distance. I don't know if he can speak that far because I like live 40 miles away. Yeah. If we can bring our faith back to a simple place that God formed the earth and everything in it by just speaking a word. Why can his word not speak to our life today? Oh, Brent, that sounds like word of faith or name it, claim it or something crazy. I want you to read the Bible and let God speak to you. This is what it communicates. This is how they were able to believe that somebody who was dead could be raised up again because it was no harder to do that than to heal a withered hand or somebody who was missing hands with leprosy. We have different degreeing of what we think God can do. The same God that when Peter was like, "Mm, we need tax money and this, this I've been praying for. I fish in my pond. I'm yet to catch that fish with the gold coins in its mouth. But when I do, you be sure I'll tell you. And God provides through His Word. Go catch the fish and in it, there'll be, there'll be some coins. Go pay your taxes and mine. Jesus is like, I'm going to get in on this, on this miracle myself. You just reminded me, Peter, I've got to pay my taxes too. God's way. You see, the world's way says take revenge. God says love your enemies. It's very different. The world's way says hoard all you can. Get yours. Step on everyone. The Bible said blessed are the humble. We don't have to promote ourselves because God sees us. Joseph in prison. God saw him there's there's, there's man 's way of doing things and there's god 's way of doing things and right here we see an unbelievable account and and there's many more in 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 the Old Testament and the new but where, where God gives an instruction that 's just crazy but to god it's 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 very clear walk this out, put the worship team out in front and go to battle if you do that let 's put the marching band from texas a and m in front of the u s army as they go into done. That's, that's not a wise thing to do. Yet by God's ways and in, in heaven's way of doing things, it's the most incredible thing to do. Do we still trust God's way? Let me, let, me, let me bring it a little more home, right? And this isn't to condemn anybody here. I'm not trying to grind any axes. But We know that Scripture says it's best to not have sex before marriage. Very quiet. (laughs) Are you all sleeping with each other? What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Scripture says abstain and then save it for marriage. We used to all believe that. Now we live in a society where that's ridiculous. You know, you have to try it out before you buy it, is, is the statement. Yes, and enjoy those crabs that come with it or whatever else. So, But when you do it God's way, it's so much better. When you do it the world's way, it might seem a certain way, but it comes with consequences that you didn't have to have. Can God redeem that? Absolutely. God is so gracious and kind, but it comes with a pain that you don't have to have. You see, people don't even want to hear God's way anymore because that's old-fashioned, it's judgmental, it's whatever it might be, but it comes with blessing. Who's with me? Tithing is God's way. It does not make sense for somebody who's trying to get financially ahead that you're giving, you know, 10% or more of your earnings to the church. What did they do for me? You hear what I'm saying? Yet God's plan comes with a certain amount of blessing when you follow what he says. You with me? He has a question for you, and you can shout out the answer. Why weren't women and children invited in to march around the city? I've got an answer for you that maybe you never knew before. Does anybody know? Anyone like to take a guess? I will tell you. Here in verse 9, it says, Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with horns and some behind the ark, with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. That's why. I can assure you, if my mother was in that group, she'd be like, But how are you doing? Oh, I like your shoes. And Joshua's like, What are you doing? Now we have to start all over again. Or if my kids were in there, stop touching me. You touch me. Stop touching me. And that's why they left the woman and kids at home. Deep biblical truth. Make sure you write that down. (laughs) Let me show you another thing of God's way, God's plan, that doesn't make sense in in natural terms. So now we, we're going to Elijah. Okay, there's a famine. People are starving. So he sends him. So he sent him to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? Who knows the story? It's an excellent story. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, would you bring me a bite of bread too? This guy. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. This is a desperate situation. But I just want you to realize she was going to get him water even at the end of her rope. She was still willing to, to help somebody. And then he said, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and, and do just what you have said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare the meal for you and your son. Think about how, how, how bad this is in the natural. I come to you and I say, um, can you please give me some money? And you're like, I don't even have enough money for rent. And I'm like, that's a nice story. Give me some money first. Then go pay your rent. <laughs> Put it in, in today's context. Do, do you see how far-fetched this is? And she does it, right? And guess what? And there will be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time that the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. And her stuff never ran out. That's how the story goes. She just kept scooping, and that level just never changed. This is God's way. These are the miracles that I grew up on. When we would trust the Lord to, to, I've, I've told you, we've seen God put gas in the tank, and that might be a stretch for you, but when you're stuck somewhere, and you have no chance or choice, and you are praying for God to do a miracle, and He does a miracle, it's amazing. If you've never had to pray for God to provide like that, You've never seen that. But just because you've never seen it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. So, so we, we saw these incredible things happening by God's way. And we were, we were generous with what we had, even though we didn't have much, because we grew up on stories like this of how God's way does something different than man's way. You with me? And when it comes to, to the young people here, when it comes to picking your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, when it comes to college and all of these things, you can go the way of the world and you will get the world's results. Will God still be gracious and kind? Yes, because he can't deny himself. But will you face pains and things that you didn't have to face? Absolutely. Or you can go God's way and you can see a very different result at the end. She didn't have to listen to Elijah and said, I'm just going to eat my flour. And she would have run out. And exactly the same with Jericho. They would have said, this is the dumbest plan I've ever heard. We're going to walk around for six days. And then we're going to walk around seven times on the last day. And then we're going to blow our horns and shout. This is the battle plan. You take this to the U.S. generals and you lay this out. Say, okay, we're at war. Here's what we're going to do. They're going to be like, have that guy rested and, and put somewhere else. You, you're with me? We forget that this is, these are real events. Whenever I read Scripture, of course there's the context of who it was written to, the time and everything like that. But I'm always looking for how does this come into today because that's why we have the Bible. It's not just to read historical events that happened. Yes, it's that, but it's how do I draw from this to today? To know God's ways, you need to know God's word. You can't know his ways without knowing his word. This is so important. Read your Bible every day and you will know God's ways. There are things that you'll read again and again and it will look one way one this time and it'll look a different way another time. If, if Pastor Arthur, Baba and I all preach the same verse, we should actually do that once the same passage, you will see something different each time because that's how incredible God's Word is. And the same for your life. What may mean something one day can mean something very different. I don't mean the scriptural relevance. I'm just talking about how it speaks to your heart. To know God's ways, you must know God's Word. And there's all the fight against us to read His Word so that our mind is renewed to what the world is saying instead of to what God is saying. But now, we're going to take a left turn. And this is where it may get a little challenging. Are you with me? I'm going to read you something that you may or may not have known. Uh, uh, but this story that, that Baba was uh, preaching about last week of Rahab, there's, there's some conflict there. Not what he was preaching But prior to that event that took place, and I want to point it out to you because this is is incredibly important when it comes to being the light of the world. Who's the light of the world? It's Jesus. And who said that? It's us. He said we are the light of the world. Why is that so important? Because if I'm not shining, it's dark. We now live at a time where nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. I want to blame somebody else for why I am the way I am. But, but at some point I have to accept the responsibility that God has given me certain things that I must be or somebody else will suffer because of it. If I go to the office every day and I never shine a light, people are not going to see that light. Because as you've heard, I may be the only Jesus that they ever see. I have to accept that responsibility and say, God, would you help me to shine? Instead of saying, oh, well, those people, they won't, you know, they won't like Jesus anyway. Here we go. The next slide God is mercy. This is so important. I watched a, a video that's going viral right now. It's a it's an, it's a eleven year old boy talking about there's only two genders. And uh, I really want to say this gracefully, and please forgive me if I don't communicate this right. But you know this 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 little boy was talking about there's only two genders and stuff like that, and that and that's fine, but. The rest of the song is talking about how all you trainees and everyone else are going to hell anyway, and you're going to feel God's flames, and I'm a Christian, and I love God, but you're going to burn. That's, I don't know if anybody's seen this, this, this thing. And I was watching that, and I, and I tell you, it made my heart sad, because this little boy thinks he's taking a stand for God. He's, he's doing God's way. He's, he's making a stand for God, but I don't know if that's how God has called us to make a stand. You hear me? You, you are entitled to believe what you want to believe, and, and we try to, to get our beliefs right through the Word of God. But I'm going to show you something incredible about the story of Rahab, that, that God is mercy in a way that will, will stretch the religious bones in our body because it's so easy to become the Pharisee. You know that was the first sermon I ever preached in this church? Do you remember that? Does anyone remember? It was, it was something along the lines of, you know, the Pharisees in the church and I'm talking about you. <laughs> but I'm talking about me. But there's, there's, there's this trick that Satan does where he takes, he takes our religion and, and he makes it into something hard. And that's what happened with the Pharisees. The Pharisees that we read about in scripture that that you you you're like, oh my gosh, who are these people? I really wish that we could have their backstory when they were coming into training to become Pharisees, and you could see that they weren't the men that they become, that they became. They wanted to learn, they had a hunger to serve God, you know, all of these things. But somewhere along the line, their knowledge became a stumbling block. And then it started to become Judgmental and and they and Jesus said, you know, you 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 strain at a net, but you swallow a camel. It's 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 this thing, and and I really want you to hear the heartbeat of this when we talk about what would Jesus do. On one side, you've got this now where we allow everything, and I'm not talking about that because that's not saving anybody. You are only saved by Jesus Christ. There is no other way to heaven. And on this side, you've got. The people who are showing up with signs, you're going to hell and all of that. And I don't believe that that's the solution either. But somewhere along the line, we are called to have mercy. And I, and I want to show you in this the story that I think is, is so powerful. Okay, Deuteronomy 7 verse 1 to 3. This is ahead. This is before Jericho. We're doing a flashback. Listen to what God says. Are you with me? When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you. The Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands the nations over to you, And you conquer them, listen to this, you must completely destroy them. Say completely destroy them. Make no treaties and show them no mercy. Come on. Who realizes what you're reading here? Make no treaties and show them no mercy and destroy them completely. Then he says it again later. Listen to this. It says, in those towns that the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, destroy every living thing. Say every living thing. You must completely destroy the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. This will prevent the people of the land from teaching you to imitate their detestable customs in the worship of their God's Which would cause you to sin deeply against the Lord your God. That was the reason why. But he says, everybody. Everybody. Now we jump forward back to what Baba taught us last week. You need to get this because this is, I think it's huge. This is now Rahab talking to them. Now swear to me by the Lord your God that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee That when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all their families. We offer our own lives as guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep the promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Does anybody pick up what I'm throwing down? Anybody? Anyone want to take a stab? What just happened here? Is this, is this direct disobedience to what God asked them to do? It is, from the surface. This, this is so important to realize what is going on here. How dare they do this? These are the things that I wrestle with. And can I tell you why? Because they had grown up on the stories that you can read from Genesis all the way up until their time where God had given an instruction. Where it's like, I'm done with you. And they're like, we're sorry. And it's like, okay. I'm killing all of you. Please don't. All right. They knew the heart and the character of God. And this is what religious people forget. They hold to the word. If they were there with Rahab, they're like, you're going to hell. We're killing you and your family. Because God said, kill every living thing. And they don't take the moment to know the character and the heart of God in the situation and the circumstance to say, hold on a second. I cannot just charge into this. God has got something else here because his heart is mercy. And if there's one thing that I would rely on throughout Scripture... When we stand before God one day that we had showed mercy to people versus, well, I held the line, and I didn't let anybody pass, and I said, you sinners, and you this, and you this, mercy. Mercy doesn't mean that I forego my belief system and I start living the way of somebody else, but it means I give them grace because God has given me grace. Grace. Do you see how important this is? We can become so hard on our scriptural beliefs that we end up murdering people that we could have saved. Is this making sense? I've been up since 3 30 this morning, so I'm not even sure where I am right now. Mercy. When in doubt, Show mercy. I'm not asking you to compromise on your belief system. But I'm asking you to show mercy. Don't miss God while doing His work. Don't miss God while doing His work. That's, that's, and that religious spirit, I want to tell you, it's, 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 it's alive in all of us. And it wants to pop up wherever it can. Mercy pushes down that religious spirit, going, "Lord, I need your grace, therefore I give grace." Let's read Matthew 5:10, which is quoted so often, "God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs." And that is true. But there are many people who have quoted this for being persecuted not for doing what is right but for being hard and holding a scriptural line that should have come with mercy. I'll give you another example. When the woman was caught in adultery, which we have preached about, Jesus was in every right for that woman to be stoned. Yet mercy stepped in its place. Why did he do that? Because he was communicating to us that the heart of God is mercy. She had broken the law and she deserved to die. Yet Jesus stepped in with mercy, undeserved. But as Christians and myself, and I've asked God to forgive me because I have been this person that I'm preaching about. I've held the line so tight on certain scriptural beliefs and I'm not asking you to lose your theology. I'm just asking you to put mercy in the mix where we can and ask God. Don't be so quick to think we know the answer. Because we are the light to the world, and if we just group together and we just tell each other how cool we are, there's no benefit to the world for that. And as we have opportunity, sometimes it's a case-by-case basis. When uh, Hobby Lobby was being sued for um, not wanting to fund abortions of their employees, it was a big deal. They were losing, I can't remember the, the... I don't want to exaggerate, but like a million dollars a day because of this. It was really bad. And they were standing on their convictions. That, I would say, is a good example of that. They were not putting anybody down. They were not doing anything. They were just holding to their convictions. But the person who says, I got persecuted for standing up for God. I got punched in the face at a gay rally. What were you doing at the gay rally? Well, I had a sign that said, you're going to hell. Good. I'm glad you got punched in the face. Those are two very different situations. And so we have to, we have to uh, uh, not just assume these things because where is the mercy in our actions where people can interact like the woman who was caught in adultery where we can step in when the religious and the church and everybody wants to crucify and kill and we can step in with mercy. You with me? Before it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It says this. Are you ready? Two verses before. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I don't believe that we can truly do what is right in verse 10 without asking God to fill our heart with mercy. And I have messed up on this church. Even in a church with other believers, I've, I've held to some scriptures so hard versus just to be, this is right. Yes, it's right. They were right not to save Rahab and her family. They were right, but mercy stepped in. And Jesus was right to let the woman who was caught in adultery to be stoned. But mercy stepped in. And let me tell you what, it's, it's a difficult uh, a scenario. Uh, uh, and, and, and Chris and Michael Brewster, with the decision they made with their business, I'm, I'm proud of those gentlemen for praying and, and wrestling and not just assuming something. We, this is how we have to approach the world now sometimes we have, to, we, we have to be on our knees to, to say, Lord, please lead me and guide me because I don't know what to do because one day it's this way and another day it's that way. But at the end of our life, may the word merciful be something that people say about us. And I'm not talking about that we just step back and say, hey, you do whatever you want to do. No, no, mercy it comes from a deep place of love. And Rahab and her family, they assumed what God would be okay with. And I'm not promoting disobedience because a little while later, God says, don't keep anything for yourself. And, and we'll hear about that. This, this one dude kept some stuff under his tent and it cost them severely because this wasn't a selfish thing. This was the recognition of the heart of God. So as we are interacting with people in our workplace, and as we are interacting uh, with family members, and as we are interacting with different people, don't forget they are not our enemy. It is the will of God still to save and that none should perish. But, but we, our own religious hearts and, and the lines we draw, we want to make everybody enemies because they don't believe that the way that we believe, and they don't act the way that we... And don't forget we are called to love our enemies. Love our enemies. Is it, is it hard navigating some of these things where people are talking trash about us and white men are the devil and Christians are the worst and all of that? That does not give me an excuse to behave differently to the way that God has called me to behave. This very week we had a situation where a uh, uh, Somebody who we were helping, right, who was, who was uh, um, not in a good place uh, uh, with, with the government and all of these things. And we, we stepped in to show mercy. And this person took it as an opportunity to really take advantage of us. I was so angry. I went from let's show mercy to let's kill this person. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the stones. I'll throw them. But that's the flesh. We are called to love even when they don't respond the way that we think that they should respond. You hear me? I hope this has been a blessing. This isn't, you know, one of those messages where people are going to rush down afterwards and go like, Brent, oh, you were so funny. I wasn't funny at all. But I hope that we approach tomorrow and today differently. When, when, when people upset us and we read things, that we are called to show mercy because if we are not showing mercy, then how does God get His mercy across? If it's not through us, you with me? Then where do they see it? Where do they see the love? Where do they see second chances and forgiveness and and these kind of things if they if it does not flow through us. So as you're reading scripture, you say, God, I want to walk everything that you have called me to do. We I, I've got so used to working on the on a Sunday, on the Sabbath, right? Being in ministry, it's just it's it's one of the heaviest work days. Um, but the thing is, um it's not just ministry on a Sunday, I also work a full-time job, as does Pastor Arthur and Bubba. So we have no Sabbath. You with me? And we've been thinking about that on the ranch because, you know, we're trying to build a business and we're trying to get profitable and all of these things. So everybody's working so hard. And and, and we started talking about it and we said, we are going to trust God's way and we are no longer taking check-ins on a Sunday. And we're no longer doing meals on a Sunday. And we're going to trust God. Now that has cost us it's cost us tens of thousands of dollars for doing that. But God's way, it says it comes with blessing. It comes with blessing when we trust him to do that. It says, there's a blessing when you take a Sabbath. But I want to give you the example. Now somebody is at our Airbnb, and they're in a barn, and they're like, "We've got no food and whatever. I'm going to make them a meal on the Sabbath. That's my point. I'm not going to say, sorry, kitchen's closed on a Sunday. Thus saith the Lord, starve. I've missed the point. And this is what Jesus said. He said, is it lawful for me to heal on the Sabbath? How many of you, if your son or your ox fell in a hole, you wouldn't try to get it out? And this is where the religious side hits the reality of Mercy. I will be merciful. If somebody is raining and there's no place to stay, I won't be the innkeeper who says, sorry. We will take them in and we will feed them on the Sabbath because I believe that God honors. But our general rule of thumb is we closed. But I won't forsake mercy. And as for you, as you are, you are following this and you're tracking on this, Hold tightly to God's Word, what He's called us to be, and every blessing that He's called us to be, but not so tightly that mercy can't flow out. Would you pray with me for that in our lives? Let's stand um, just in reverence to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you that that you would continue to touch our hearts. That we will not become hard and cynical and, and, and just wanting to hit people over the head with what we know. But Lord, that we would be merciful as you have shown us such mercy. Help us to not forget that you have called us to be merciful before you've called us to be standing in persecution. Please, Lord, forgive us where we have missed it and we put it in your hands and ask you to make our paths straight. But Lord, put this thing of mercy every day as we interact with people that we will not respond as the world responds to us, but we will respond as you responded on the cross. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Mercy, mercy. Thank you for being so kind to us that that kindness will flow out onto others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again and we hope to see you soon.